Now reading from Matthew chapter 8. Um, in the Pew Bible, is in on page 1033. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and kneeled before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See what you say, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. And when he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldier under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I, say, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And while the sons of the kingdom will, tr will be thrown into the outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she rose and began to serve him. That evening, they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Thanks, Yuen. Let's pray as we come to this part of God's word. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the way that it shows us who Jesus is and calls us to come to him. We ask that you would give us understanding now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Where do you put your hope when modern medicine fails? I heard a devastating story from a friend of mine recently. His mum, a beautiful, gentle, godly woman, came down suddenly sick. Her mood changed overnight and she became violent and delusional. She was paranoid and afraid. She couldn't handle what she normally could. She spent months in the hospital, but the doctors could not figure out what was wrong. She didn't fit the criteria for dementia or schizophrenia or anything else. They didn't know what to do. They couldn't keep her in hospital because she was too violent and they didn't know how to treat her. They couldn't admit her to care because she didn't have a reason. There was nothing that they could do. My friend spent hours at the hospital advocating for his mum, but they couldn't help. She ended up in a university hospital for a time and, and eventually she improved, but there was no apparent reason. 
Modern medicine is great. It's a wonderful blessing from God. I'm very thankful for doctors and nurses that we have. But medicine has its limits. And where do you go then? Where can you put your hope? This morning, Matthew shows us four stories of those who are beyond the help of medicine, but who found hope and healing in Jesus. Four stories that call us to come to Jesus, the one who has authority and power to heal. This term, we are continuing a series in Matthew's Gospel that we started back in 2022. So far in Matthew, we've seen Jesus' background as the son of Abraham, son of David. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises. We've seen Jesus begin proclaiming the kingdom, demonstrating the kingdom through miracles and calling people to repent and follow him. And we've seen in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus paint for us a picture of what it looks like to live as people of his kingdom. Jesus' teaching on the mountain left the crowds astonished because Jesus taught with authority. And now this week, Jesus comes down from the mountain and we see not just his authority to teach, but his authority to heal. And we're going to see that he is the one who can give us real hope even when modern medicine fails. So let's dive in. First, we see Jesus heals the unclean. Jesus comes down the mountain after teaching the people and he meets someone that you'd never want to run into on the street. Verse 2. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And nowadays, leprosy is not such a big deal. But at the time of Jesus, it was a very serious thing. It was an awful disease that affected your skin and your nerves. It was generally uncurable. Medicine can't help this guy. But what's worse, it made you an outcast. According to God's law, those with leprosy were unclean. You can read about it in Leviticus 13 and 14. They weren't allowed to come to the temple to worship God. They weren't allowed to gather with God's people. In fact, they were outcasts. They had to stay outside the city. When people came near, they had to cry out, unclean, unclean, to warn them. No one would touch them or want them around. You know, we've had to think a lot about social distancing and getting sick over the last few years, haven't we? This is like someone who's really sick. I mean, they've got snot running down their face. They're coughing, this awful hacking cough. They're pale with these big dark circles under their eyes and they've got a positive rat test in their hands. How would you react when this person comes up to you? You'd draw back, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want them to come anywhere near you. You wouldn't want to go anywhere near them. And that's this guy's whole life. Medicine has failed him, but he comes to Jesus. And look at how he comes. He kneels before Jesus. And that's actually the same word that Matthew uses for worship. He bows before Jesus because he knows that Jesus has the power to heal him. But he's not sure if Jesus is willing. Would Jesus want to heal someone like him? Look at what Jesus does next, verse 3. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. 
and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Did you see that? Jesus touches the guy. Uh, Imagine our snotty, coughing COVID guy comes up to you, reaches out his hand for a shake. What Jesus does is more than just shaking his hand. It would be like leaning in to kiss him on the cheek. That's what Jesus does for this guy. But instead of getting sick, Jesus makes a leper clean. Straight away, he's fully cured, not a spot left on his skin. And see Jesus' compassion here for this unclean man, someone no one else would go near, but Jesus reaches out to him and heals him. And see Jesus' power. This guy has reached the limits of medicine, but Jesus is able to heal him. Instead of Jesus being made unclean or getting sick, the leper is made clean. The leper is made well. Matthew is showing us that Jesus has the authority and the power to heal, to cleanse and heal all those who come to him. And that's not just true for lepers, it's true for us too. We can come to Jesus no matter who we are. We might feel like we're unclean, not because of leprosy, but because of what we've done or how we've lived, the broken thoughts and desires of our own hearts. But we can come to Jesus. No one is too broken or too unclean for Jesus. He has compassion on us. He is able to help us. Uh, But notice the model of how we come to Jesus. We come before him recognising that he is Lord and we need help. We come like the leper, kneeling before him and crying out. That's what faith is. Recognising Jesus' power and authority and depending on him. Because Jesus is able to save. He's able to fully heal. And as proof, Jesus sends the leper to the priests. Verse 4, Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. This is the proof that this guy has been fully healed. And he's allowed back, not just into community, but into the worship of the Lord. He's restored to relationship with the Lord and with others. Jesus heals the unclean. But it's not just that. Matthew shows us next that Jesus heals the outsider. The leper was the lowest of the low, but now we see someone powerful. But he also comes to Jesus. Verse 5. When he had entered Capernaum... A centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. This is an outsider, a Gentile, not one of God's chosen people. But what's more, at the time of Jesus, Israel was occupied territory. They were under Roman occupation and rule. This centurion is an enemy soldier. He probably has blood on his hands. But he's also reached the limits of medicine. His servant is at home suffering terribly, paralysed. All the power of the Roman army can't help this guy's servant. He's got nowhere left to turn. And so he comes to Jesus. But notice how he comes. He doesn't try and threaten Jesus or pull rank or force Jesus to help. He comes to Jesus with humility. 
He recognises Jesus' power and authority and he asks for his help. But he actually sees Jesus' authority even more clearly than the leper does. Jesus agrees to go with him, but the centurion surprises him. Verse 7, and he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. This is weird. Jesus is willing to come, but look at this guy's humility. He asked Jesus to do something new, something we haven't seen before in Matthew, to heal with just a word. Can Jesus even do this? Why would he ask this? Well, it's because he recognises Jesus' authority. Verse 9, For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marvelled, and he said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. This guy gets it. He gets Jesus' authority. As a centurion, when he speaks to those under his command, he speaks with the authority of the emperor. And he sees that when Jesus speaks, he speaks with the authority and power over sickness, authority that comes from God. Jesus marvels at this. What do you think it takes to amaze Jesus? Well, here it is. Jesus is amazed at this man's faith. What does this faith look like? It looks like recognising Jesus' authority and power and coming to him for help in humble dependence. This faith is actually the key of the kingdom. Jesus' kingdom isn't about pedigree or birthright or race. It's actually about faith. It's about how we respond to Jesus. And Jesus, never one to miss a teaching moment, points that out in verse 11. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is a real surprise. See, Jesus is riffing here off God's promises from Isaiah 25 about the great victory feast that God's people will enjoy when God's king comes to rescue them. But the surprise here is the guest list. Outsiders are invited in. From the east and the west, Gentiles are going to be invited to be part of God's kingdom and to join in the feast. Outsiders will get to pull up a chair or a dining couch with the great patriarchs of God's people, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But those who were thought they were in for sure are going to be out. Some of the sons of the kingdom, Jews, part of God's chosen people, are going to be cast out and face judgment. The difference? It's about faith. That's the dividing line, the difference between in and out. It's about their response to Jesus. Jesus wants you and I to see that being part of his kingdom is not about how long you've been part of a church. It's not about how many rosters you've served on. It's not about your pedigree. It's not about how good you've been or how much you've given away. It is all about coming to Jesus in faith. 
recognising Jesus' power and authority as king and coming to him in humble dependence for his forgiveness, mercy and grace. But that's actually really good news because it doesn't depend on us. How good we are, how long we've been around, getting to be part of the in crowd. It's not about the sins you've struggled with or given into, the history you have. It's not about being a super Christian. It all depends on Jesus. We can come to him with confidence that he's able and willing to save. And we see that demonstrated. The centurion gets what he asked for, what he believed Jesus could do. Verse 13. And, the centur- and to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Jesus delivers. The centurion was right. Jesus has the power and authority to heal, even outsiders. But Jesus isn't done. Next we see him heal the unable. This is a quick one. Jesus goes back to Peter's house and he meets someone else in need. But this time they don't come to him, he goes to them. Verse 14. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. She rose and began to serve him. And this time it's a little different. Jesus sees the need and he takes the initiative. In his mercy and compassion, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. And again, he touches her. You wouldn't touch someone with a fever. You'd get get sick, but not Jesus. He doesn't need PPE. No hand sanitizer for him. He just touches her and she's healed. And the healing is complete and immediate. Just like with the leper, just like the servant, she doesn't need to recover. She's well. And she's well enough that she jumps up and starts serving. Jesus' authority and power to heal is absolute. Matthew doesn't tell us if she has faith in Jesus, but I think the way that she serves him is probably a sign. She's responding to what he's done with the kind of love and service that flows from faith. Jesus' power doesn't depend on our power. It's not how strong we are to come to him. It's a gift that depends on Jesus, a gift that we simply receive through faith. Which brings us to our final story. Jesus heals the many. And stay tuned because Matthew is going to show us here the big thing that he wants us to see from all this. Now it seems like the whole town is coming out to Jesus. Verse 16. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons. He cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. It's not just lepers and servants that Jesus has the power to heal. Whatever they've got, Jesus can do it. Pressed by demons? No worries. Jesus casts them out with a word. Sick? Doesn't matter what it is. Jesus can heal it. Now, some churches will point to this verse and say that Jesus casts them out with a word, and so words have power. But that's not the point. It's not the words that have power. It's Jesus. Jesus has the power. His power and authority over sickness is absolute. But he doesn't use that power to serve himself. He uses it to serve others. And now Matthew wraps all this up with this beautiful Old Testament bow. 
He shows he uses Isaiah to show us the key thing that he wants us to see about Jesus. Verse 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Why has Matthew been showing us Jesus' power to heal? It's because he wants us to see that Jesus fulfills God's promises and he gives us ultimate hope in sickness. He proves it by quoting from Isaiah 53 verse 4. Through Isaiah, God promised to send a suffering servant who would take on himself our suffering and sin, who would deal with our grief and sorrow and sickness forever. But when we read on in Isaiah, we see that he does this by dealing not just with sickness, but with our sin. Remember, sickness and suffering are the results of living in a fallen world. They're the results of our rebellion against God's good rule, the results of sin. Now, hear me right here. I don't mean that if you're sick and suffering, it is because of a certain sin in your life. What I mean is that sickness exists in the world because of our sin, as a result of sin, our rebellion against our good creator. Jesus is this suffering servant that Isaiah talked about, the one that God had promised. And these healings don't just show us that Jesus can make sick people well, they show us that Jesus is the one who has come to deal with sin and ultimately to deal with all sickness forever. Matthew doesn't unpack all of that for us here, but we're going to see it later in Matthew. As Jesus goes to the cross to take on himself the punishment for our sin and rises again as a victorious king who will bring in the new creation and deal with suffering and sickness and sin forever. So what does all this mean for us? Well, let's talk about sickness. Matthew shows us without doubt that Jesus has the power and authority to heal. He is able to deal with sickness. But what about when we get sick? Can Jesus heal us? After all, he's not wandering about around Toowoomba. You can't physically go to him. You can't book an appointment with Jesus through hot dock. But as a risen victorious king, Jesus now reigns at the right hand of God in heaven. He works in us through his spirit. Can he heal us now? Well, the answer is yes. He is still the one with authority and power to heal. Even if he's not physically here with us, he can heal with a word, just like he did with the centurion's servant. So should we ask Jesus to heal? Yes. Like all those we've seen in this passage, we too can come to Jesus in faith and dependence and ask that he would heal. He has the power. He is full of compassion. It's right and good that we ask. And we don't have to go to him physically. All we need to do is pray. But what should we expect when we ask? Does he promise to heal us? I want to say no. We don't actually have that promise. It's true that Isaiah says that he has taken our illnesses and bore our diseases, but that doesn't promise that everything wrong now will be healed if we have enough faith. And just think of Paul. He pled with God to take away his thorn in the flesh, but God didn't. 
Why? Not for lack of power, not for lack of faith in Paul, but because God's grace was sufficient, because God was doing something bigger in Paul's life than mere physical healing. Jesus' healings while he was here on earth were always meant to point to his kingdom. They were pointing to bigger promises that we can hold on to. He hasn't promised to physically heal us now, but his healings do point to the way that Jesus deals with sin for all who come to him. He makes the unclean clean. He brings outsiders into his kingdom. The unable are given grace in him. He gives love and forgiveness to many. So if we don't have a guarantee, should we still ask for healing then? I want to say yes. Not because it's promised, but because sometimes Jesus is, God is gracious to miraculously heal. And at other times, he's working on something bigger. Jesus, in his compassion and his mercy, is working for our good. He's working to transform us to be more like Jesus. He's working to grow us in dependence and faith. He's working for our good, even in sickness. I want to say, actually, in fact, whenever someone recovers or gets better, we can actually thank God for that. He is the one who made our immune systems. He is the one who sustains the universe by his powerful word. He rules all things and loves to work in ordinary ways. That's how he works. And so when our immune systems work well and we recover... When we see a doctor and enjoy the benefits of modern medicine, we can thank God for those things because they're good gifts from a God who rules all. But there's one more thing I want to say. Will Jesus heal us? I actually want to end by saying yes, absolutely. Maybe not now, but he has promised that when he returns, he will deal with sickness and suffering and sorrow and sin once and for all. He'll wipe every tear from our eyes and we will be with him forever. Modern medicine can't deal with everything. If we put our ultimate hope there, we will be disappointed. But Jesus, the one who has authority and power to heal, he will not disappoint. One day he will deal with all sickness forever. As sure as he rose from the dead, we can be sure he will return and set all things right. And for now we wait with confidence and hope because Jesus is the one who has authority and power to heal and he is coming. So what do we do with this? Come to Jesus. Come to the good king in faith. Recognize that he is the one who can heal. He is Lord and come to him in humble dependence for forgiveness and mercy and grace and hope. He invites you. He invites the unclean, the outsider, the unable, the many who would come to him in faith. He is able and he calls you to come. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this passage and the way that it reveals Jesus to us, that he is the one with power and authority to heal. Lord, thank you for the sure hope and confidence that we can have in him, that if we trust in him and a part of his kingdom through faith, that we can be sure that he will return and wipe every tear from our eyes and deal with suffering and sin and sickness forever. Lord, we long for that day. 
We ask now that you would be at work in us, transforming us to be more like Jesus, that we would be people who are confident to come and to keep coming to Jesus, our King. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.